0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode. We have Dr. Yasmin Saad, who is the two-time international best-selling author and top-rated award-winning New York City licensed clinical psychologist with a globally renowned reputation. Her mission is to help people decode their thoughts and emotions so that they can live the life that they want. She's the creator of the Inner Message approach, a unique process that introduces people to the wisdom hidden in their thoughts, desires, and emotions so that they can find their way to their best selves. She has been changing the world of psychology for the past 15 years by teaching her UCU-UCU method to psychologists so that they can help their clients get to the essence of who they are and reach their potential. Dr. Saad enjoys introducing people to new eye-opening perspectives, has been invited to speak at summits and conferences nationally and internationally. She shared stages with leaders in the field of self-development, such as Bob Proctor, Dennis Waitley, Les Brown, Dr. Joe Vitali, and Dr. John DeMartini. Her expertise has been featured in a hundred-plus media outlets, including ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, BBC, USA Today, New York Post, HuffPost, Newsweek, and Forbes. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey. I want to thank Alma for sponsoring this week's episode. You know, building a private practice can be really challenging. I know for me, I was so scared of how I was going to get the right clients, the right fit and them being able to pay and taking insurance is really scary. Growing your caseload, navigating insurance and managing billing and paperwork all take so much time. And that's all in addition, to doing your best and delivering amazing care to your clients. That's why Alma gives clinicians the tools they need to build thriving private practices. When you join their insurance program, you can get credentialed within 45 days and access enhanced reimbursement rates with major payers. They also handle all the paperwork from eligibility checks to claim submissions and guarantee payment within two weeks of each appointment. In addition to their insurance program, Alma offers time-saving tools, and administrative support so you can spend less time on paperwork and more time delivering great care to your clients. Learn more about building a thrive at private practice with Alma at helloalma.com. That's helloalma.com to get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dude Therapist. I'm super excited to have Dr. Yasmin Saad on because I took a like a boot camp like like three years ago. And she was like the face of mental health professionals who went through this boot camp and has had success. And since then, I've been following your journey and your content is just so real and grounded with love and kindness. And to me, that's the most important thing we can do in life is to give that. So, you know, I could speak about you if you want the entire 35, 40 minutes if you'd like, but I'm not here to do that. So if you want to introduce yourself to the listeners, that'd be great.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for that very kind introduction. I'm I'm really glad that the compassion and love comes through because I do think everything comes from there. So uh, for uh, those listeners out there, I'm Dr. Yasmin Saad. I'm top three psychologist in your city. I'm a two-time international best-selling author. Forbes has named me alongside Tony Robbins as a peak coach. Uh, impacting, you know, driven leaders. Uh, I have a lot of accolades. I spoke on stages uh, with leaders in self development, such as Bob Proctor, Deepak Chopra, Les Brown, Brian Tracy.
0: Amazing. You know, name them. So that's who. And, cool. and when you were when you were kind of moving up in the world of of mental health, right? Mm-hmm. You you've been practicing for for a couple of years now right just a few and, <laughs> and
1: 15 about 15 in the US it's
0: so beautiful you know the work that you're doing and you deserve the accolades because you don't just get that for being for not doing the hard work you know what i mean you have to put the hard work in this is not followers that you can buy this is the real work this is the real effort of of people how has that journey been to like maybe you've been recognized in many different ways but to actually see the fruits of your labor helping on a bigger scale. How's that been for you?
1: Oh, it's been amazing. I I think sometimes I just still don't realize it. You know, for me, it first started with patient giving me feedback about my work. And I was like, ah, you know, so many good therapists and then training therapists and realizing, oh, maybe I do have something special. And then life guiding me, you know, like I, I took a different turn than most psychologists, which I integrated Eastern medicine uh, to my practice. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was, you know, that led me to totally a different path. And really, I think that's when everything took off for me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I want to touch on that because I don't think people know, right? I've made a mistake the stake talking to you before we even start recording. I said Buddhism and you said, no, it's Taoism. And I read that. But like when I hear ism and like Eastern that's the first thing people think about, but what what is, the, what is Taoism in, in its kind of basic principles and how can anyone apply that to their life? And we'll get into the mental health part of how you do that as well.
1: So Taoism is, come from Tao Tsule, which is, so it's ancient traditional Chinese medicine. Um, And so Taoism is at the foundation of modern traditional Chinese medicine. So when you go to see an acupuncturist, when you encounter modalities like Qigong, uh, Mm. which is the foundation of Tai Chi, martial art, it's Taoism so uh qigong is something right now that's becoming big and it's qi means energy gong is movements energy movement so you know 20 years ago i used to recommend to people to go to yoga i would tell them stress your body will calm your mind
0: mm-hmm. now
1: our society is so fast-paced it's just not doing it anymore people need movement and mm-hmm. this is where qigong comes into place so basically the way people can integrate them into their life, the Tao means um, the, the symbol of Taoism, you know, is the yin and yang symbol. And so it's the circle with a black, half black, half white with a dot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the middle path. And the mm-hmm. idea is uh, you want to walk that middle path. You always, mm-hmm. it's about balance. And so the way people can apply it is, looking within and see where are you leaning? Are you leaning too much towards positive? Are you leaning too much negative? Where are you leaning in your approach to life? Are you leaning towards planning, predicting, negative? And so that needs to be rebalanced because the moment you lean too much one way, you unfortunately unbalance yourself. You, you create the ailments in some ways. In an attempt to not have them, you create them. In short, that's about what I can say.
0: No, I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because if I'm Orthodox Jewish Mm -hmm. and there's a philosopher, Maimonides, who talks about the golden path, right? And this idea of extremes being unhealthy, but finding that balance of life. And if you look at modern mental health, that is what, you know, Wise Mind of DBT focuses Uh on so beautifully. But, but to me, I think the difference that you're talking about is that this is a lifestyle, not just a theory, not just a skill that is a one-time, one-off. It's a lifestyle. So, so how as your teachings or even the learnings that you've done help the modern person who's struggling with anxiety, depression, or, or the basics of struggles of life in the world we live in today create that lifestyle change and not just a one-off tip or skill?
1: yes well it first starts with a change of mindset because that's where everything starts unfortunately your mind colors everything so the first place you know the way i i teach the way i practice i see everything is here attempting to heal you so that basically at the core everything is energy and everything you see is a manifestation of that and is an attempt to rebalance so i see panic attacks as something so healthy for you so it's a very different concept like i see them as an attempt to rebalance and usually to get people on board for example i give them the metaphor of a volcano you know when you see a volcano it's very calm very quiet you think nothing's happening it's only when it erupts that oh my god you're so scared you feel what's Mm -hmm. wrong something's so bad but in reality that eruption was rebalancing the earth What was the issue was the bubbling that was happening in the silence, in what you don't see internally within the volcano. And that is the root. So with my approach with patient, I always go to the root. I always go with the idea that whatever is happening is an attempt to rebalance. So let's figure out what needs to be rebalanced. And we start, you know, for example, with panic attack, if we use that example, it's people in some way are not connected to the amount of stress they're putting their body to they're so used to it and one day the body's like okay that's it I'm done Mm. like I have to release I cannot keep doing that and they're very surprised very shocked and so that's that's where I help them reconnect but you see that it's a different concept that involve a different mindset. It's not a mindset, like it's not reframing like CBT. It's none mm-hmm. of those pieces, but it's that the fundamentals are totally different.
0: Mm. Is there is there a way, now I agree with you a thousand percent, you know, I love the way you're talking about it. And I think that that's some issues that I have with the m- mental health world of either diagnosing or, or kind of, you know putting people in boxes and not dealing with the the source of an issue but the the sim, like the behavior of an issue and not and I feel that same way about children uh parenting specialists and relationship specialists and when I deal with children with parents it's stop looking at the behavior what's going on behind what's bubbling like what's erupting is there in your mind in the training that you had the 15 years and plus of 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 working to preempt the explosion or do we need the explosion to then go backwards
1: well unfortunately in our society a lot of people are operating on needing the explosion to go backwards mm. but technically you want to prehend it and i think we are evolving as a society now there's a rise in mental health issue which will implicate that there will be a rise in people's education about mental health arise in picking up before it starts so it's gonna come we're in that transition we're not totally there but in your parenting work that's a great example that usually the way like I do it preemptively with the parents is okay who are you how are you coping with adversity because your child would exhibit what is the most triggering for you so that you rebalance and Mm -hmm. that's how we see parents coming to us and Mm -hmm. it's actually if you can rebalance yourself your child will be fine often very often the parent-child relationship is a healing relationship and that healing can come through a slap in the face because that's how we learn unfortunately so it's when it becomes uncontrollable, really hard that parents come to see us, but it's because that's that's where it's a bit locked. Hmm. Um, but that's where the biggest healing can happen for the whole family and for generations to come. It's a beautiful process once, you know it's seen in that in that way, that it's really a healing, rebalancing opportunity for the whole family
0: mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about, you know, the society that we live in today. What do you think has shifted um, from these beautiful things of Taoism, you know, and being as part of like the lifestyle of the world? Where did that get lost? How did we lose that balance? How did we lose that centeredness?
1: Well, I actually don't think we ever lost it. I think it's always there has been created, but people have lost the ability to see the beauty in darkness. So Mm. people's mind have become much more of planning, predicting the darkness to prevent it. So people see bad, they see bad. They don't see how this bad is actually creating another movement uh, that is actually going to come and heal it. So I don't think anything is lost. I think it's constantly operating. The principles are always there. We just lost the ability to see
0: it. Mm. So how how do we, as you know, opening our eyes to a lot more new avenues of, of self-care, wellness, and, and mental health treatment, how do we start becoming aware of, of, that, of that balance? What are some of the, the, the things that you kind of help others do to just start listening a little more, seeing it a little more?
1: So, well, there's a few fundamental concepts that people need to have. One, every thought you have is an attempt to rebalance you even the most negative ones. So you want to ask yourself what what is that thought doing? What is it saying about me? So you want to have and I can go a little bit further into that, but every thought is an attempt to rebalance, every desire is an attempt to rebalance every taste that you have. So your body and your mind are constantly giving you signals. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, do you ever wonder why do you crave pizza one day and maybe sushi the next? That's mm-hmm. that's just your natural way. So we have the same, and people know that about vacation, right? Some people love going to the oceans, and people love yeah. going to the mountain. All those are our attempt to rebalance. Thoughts and emotion are the same. Hmm. so once you know that then the key is to understand and then I have a lot of framework so for example I talk how frustration it's really calling your attention to unmet desire you mm-hmm. only will get frustrated when there's something that you desire so much that is not met and the issue is people go meet that desire on the external world when they have to go a bit deeper in meeting internally so I use this this example, like, for example, if you're upset at your partner for not doing the dishes, like, you want to look back, okay, what is it about that that really upset me? For Mm -hmm. some people it would be, well, cleanliness is important for me. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I need clarity of mind. Why? Okay, because I have a tendency to be too busy. So what is it calling attention for? You need a healing method to clear your mind. So you can see how frustration about the dishes Actually leads you to understanding at the core what you need. Mm-hmm. For another person, the frustration about the dishes is going to be about support. They're going to feel lonely and unsupported. Yeah. And so what is, what is support? Support is having someone kind help you. Well, how about you? How where's your kindness and support? Mm-hmm. So maybe that frustration about the dishes is actually that you need more love from you to you. Now, of course, you can do it through you know, hiring help or a supportive husband, but then you will always rely on others and what is calling your attention for is not going to be healed. So those mm-hmm. are simple steps that people can see.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and before talking to you, I did some research on Taoism. And mm-hmm. just to look into it, because I love learning new things and love opening my mind to new ideas. And I came across like the four main principles of Taoism. And I wanted to talk to you about them maybe and how it impacts our life today, when it comes to mental health professionals who might be listening, anyone might be listening to the show, of the idea of simplicity, patience, and compassion. And to me, when I read that, I'm like, when I hear you speak, right, I see something from you or an interview, you embody that so much. Is that something that has come natural to you? And how do you create that in your life?
1: So, you know, you are both uh, driven towards something that fits you internally. Whatever is outside is something that fits you. Both taps right in what you need and rebalances you. So for me, I was actually born with a smile on my face. My mother describes me as very calm, very soothing. At school, people will come. So I've always been calm and soothing. Now, life has led me to needing to rebalance myself from life and find qigong and find taoism and so it spoke to my heart because it was very in line with who i am so i think what you're seeing today is both me and the added benefit of having practiced for more than 10 years qigong Mm. where i do have a certain peacefulness i do have a certain flow and that came from Both practicing, studying myself, understanding myself, constantly honing my skill, rebalancing. There's been, I've been working on myself forever. So, and I think you can feel it. And that's what people feel. And this Mm. is when you go back to simplicity, the concept of thousand, the most simple concept is the I, is you. Mm. So ultimately, you should just focus on your being. Like, and that's what I focus so much on myself, on this inner work that Mm -hmm. when people sit with me, I think that's what they feel. And then afterwards, what I say is beautiful, but there's a melody that they hear.
0: What pulled you into that direction? You know, you went through classical training, right? Yes. So that's not usually the quote unquote normal route. So like, I'm sure your heart was being pulled some way or whatever, but how'd you come across it and then just jump like headfirst into it?
1: So I will tell you that if you had told me 20 years ago that I'll be practicing Qigong, I'll integrate to my life, and this will become part of the new movement of psychology that I'm creating, I will say, what? Me? Never. I was a scientific major. I was never. I think, you know, what's meant for you is meant for you. Life will lead you there. So now to go a little bit into the details um you know I had my professional career I was assistant professor at Montefiore Medical Center I was teaching I had my private practice I was working long hours and it's about time to for me to raise to have a family I felt I want to have a family so I'm I'm going to quit my hospital job I'm going to get pregnant and this is the beginning of a beautiful life of flexibility and it did happen that way the only thing that was not planned is I had a miscarriage And what the miscarriage did, actually, uh, contrary to a lot of people, it opened me up. It did something that my mind could not understand. After the miscarriage, I, the moment I would sit with someone, I would have all kind of body symptoms. Mm. I'd have headache. I'd have, I'll have, you know, I'll become flushed. I'll have stomach aches. Depending on the person, it was different. Then when I would eat. I would have sensation in my body. So it was very incapacitating. I will go to the supermarket. I'll have a headache. I'll leave the supermarket. I'll be fine. It didn't make sense. So I started trying to understand what's going on. I had body aches. Hmm. I thought maybe I'm developing rheumatoid arthritis. I went to see a lot of doctors. Nobody could tell me anything. I went to an acupuncturist who told me, it's going to pass, take time. And in that acupuncturist, office somebody gave me a a dvd of qigong and said try this see if it Mm. helped i did it and it helped and i was like what what is this a simple ridiculous i would say movement and it would help my husband was like ah you're too impressionistic there's no way this (laughs) helps but each time i would do it headache gone symptoms gone so I said, I have to understand this. This is beyond what I can understand. What happened to me was beyond what I could understand, what my mind mm-hmm. could understand. So I had to understand it. So I dive deep. I signed up for the the really the foundational classes where when you enter a school in traditional Chinese medicine under Grand Master, it's for life. It's a, it changes you for life because it's the principles, everything. And so I started studying it and I started healing myself. And I thought it was miraculous. And in that miraculous, I applied what I do in in psychology. I started observing myself. I started understanding from a different perspective what was happening in my body. And I was able to understand that when I had a miscarriage, it it actually opened me to feel everything. So mm. if you had a headache, I felt your headache. The mm. food, food, you know, have impact on different parts of the body. So I was experiencing all of that. Mm-hmm. So that was all. That's 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 what came my way, basically.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so funny when I was uh, a younger therapist. About, I'm not going to say my age. It's okay. A uh, younger therapist, and uh, and I had uh, an old school. Supervisor, I mean, he was like colleagues with Aaron Beck and Victor Frankel. Like he was in it. Like he's still alive. He's in his eighties. Like I love him to, to pieces. Um, and I remember we were talking about feeling energy in the room and my body responding. And he's like, "Yeah, that is like the energy." You're and he would talk so much about that. And you saying it from your Eastern perspective and Western combo. He didn't have that Eastern perspective, but it's something that he felt with years of practice of dealing with humans and the energy that's created, whether it was a certain, you know, anxiety, how anxiety felt as a, as a therapist and depression or uh, BPD or whatever the diagnosis that you're dealing with or the human that you're dealing with. And that's something that he taught me. He's like, stop focusing on the, anxi- on the, on the diagnosis, focus on the human and the feeling you get. You have to be in tune to that feeling, not about the title on the word or the thing just for diagnostics for insurance, but that, that interaction. And and to me, that has helped me as a therapist now, unfortunately with, uh, you know, a lot of people requesting telehealth, you don't kind of get that feeling all the time. Um, but it's something that you start tuning into like that energy that humans have, um, and, and And for you going through the system of of mental health and and really being on both sides of the world of perspective, how have you seen trends change or even the world? What are some things that you're noticing more for good and for struggle that people have been going through in the past couple of years?.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's more and more trend right now towards body, mind and spirit, towards holistic care. People really want to veer away and they're starting to understand that there are a connection between your body and your mind. Before it was you went to the doctor for your body and you went to psychologists or psychiatrists for the mind. Now it's no longer that you have functional medicine doctors. You have it, it's, it bridges so well. You have psychologists doing holistic care. So there's a lot of interest in that. And so what I'm seeing is people are going back to what I call natural law. What you described earlier, uh, the picking up the energy, you don't need the theory of traditional Chinese medicine. We all,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: it's natural law. It's how our body operates, how everything operates. So feeling the energy of a person, your intuition will know so much about that person. The same way that the moment you meet me, you know so much about me the moment I meet you because your tone of voice, your accentuation, your body posture, you know so much. Mm -hmm. in those ways so to me the world is really going back to this natural phenomenon natural law and in the natural phenomenon in the yin and yang symbol when you go back to the balance you have dichotomy you have you have the white and you have the black so we're both also seeing in the world a lot of a lot of extreme things happening that are leading people to more health so the the more health more pathology. It just Mm -hmm. goes together. The moment you focus on one, the other pops up. And so that's what we're seeing that in this attempt to become more holistic, more balanced, there's also an extremism that's coming out.
0: Mm. And, you know, it's just so interesting to me, that just sounds so simple, like to just be in like, to be in tune and to connect and feel it. To me, that I think the biggest thing that hinders that. And I would love to hear your perspective as being present, like presence with the world or with ourselves. And, and to me, that's creating a sense of flow or a sense mm-hmm. of entunement. How do we tap into that flow of life when we are so distracted and we are trying to do so much and we the, the society and culture um, is just pulling? Um, how do we start tuning into that in a, such a simple humanistic way
1: such a great question there's one shortcut that's very easy when you are in your zone of talent you flow like look at you you this is meant for you you're a podcaster you talk I love
0: this- I love what I do I love speaking I love interviewing people I love I love I love being a therapist I love it
1: you see so you won't get tired. You're in your zone of flow. You're in your zone of genius. When you're in your zone of genius, you naturally flow. Now the danger is you might spend too much time in that place because it's fulfilling and it makes your heart beat. And so that's where when you start relying on your talents or your zone of flow too much, that's where you get yourself in balance. But the first place to tune into is what does your heart crave and desire is your zone of flow. Like if you're desiring to speak, speaking should flow. If you if you desire a vacation and the ocean, when you see the ocean, you're in that state of flow. So we have it. And so the key is to tune into those minutiae moment. Mm. And the other piece you said is, So the foundation of Taoism is simplicity. It's supposed to be very simple. So we have added layers and layers and layers. So it's about understanding what is the layer that I have added and how can I take it off? So if your life is too busy, you have added layers of busyness. So what does it mean? that means that in some way, the simplicity is uh, there's something in there that you haven't tapped into the grace of something beautiful and simple. You have tapped into uh, more of achievement, success, performance. So therefore, there's something in the self-esteem that is not fully fully there that your self-esteem is more tweaked towards performance rather than a self-esteem that's talking to your inner beauty if you had an inner beauty you would be busy but it won't feel busy
0: mm-hmm. like
1: for example if you look at my Instagram like people are saying, oh my god you're so busy like without me I know I like I'm, I'm rolling from one to the next I'm loving it there's no busyness because I'm I'm just here there's a it's very peaceful. It's not a busyness like, oh, I have this podcast, I have this summit, I have this thing, and I have the patient. It's not that kind. So it's about understanding what are the layers mm-hmm. that you are adding and how can you peel them back? And in order to peel them back, you have to build an inner ability. It's mm-hmm. something inside that you disconnected yourself with. And most of the time, it's the gem that you are. So it's, it's about that people are so disconnected about really their talent their, their their beauty their inside beauty and if they were connected to that everything would flow because you won't worry about being nice and kind you wouldn't worry about being productive you will know that you are naturally
0: mm-hmm.
1: nice and kind and productive and therefore you'll only go in the flow you won't suppress emotion to be nice and kind. You will know you're nice and kind so you can release them, maybe not towards others. But so it's just a natural flow once you know uh-huh. your job. And so that's that's a bit my mission to help people connect back to their beauty.
0: No, and I love that. You know, my wife and I, we, we picked up from New York and moved out to the West Coast. We live in Vegas. Uh-huh. And for years, being married to my wife, she's like, I miss the West Coast. I miss the West Coast. I miss the weather. I'm like, it's just weather. Like, who cares? Like, you know, I'm used to rain, snow, sleet. It's just weather, you know? And now that we've moved out here, it was, I think it was COVID that really shined a light on intentions. Like -hmm. being in tune to what we need and being intentional about those needs. And for us, that was living in a more sun, outdoors, adventure life that was simple and more affordable for us. Yes. I don't think if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know if it would have helped reset for us that what do we what's let's be in tune to what we actually need, not the extras, not the wants, not the cherry on top, but simplify the basic needs of what we as a couple and we think as a family for our two little kids is the importance for ourselves to be the self that we hope to be. And and you know, you talk about this idea of this gem and to me, that is the beauty of children. Like, that's what I love watching my kids. They're so in touch with that. Like, my daughter will just dance when she feels like dancing. Now, I'll be honest. You said you were born smiling. I was born dancing. I don't know. Not, not a good dancer, but just movement and singing and dancing. And yeah. for me, watching my daughter and my son just have this very intentional connection to themselves do you think we lose that because of those layers, like you said before?
1: Yes, yes, and I think unfortunately, we parents, because parents are not connecting to the to how things actually flow. So they are like, this is so precious, I have to protect it. And in this attempt to protect, you establish rules and boundaries and do's and don't and should. Mm-hmm. So children lose their flow and lose their connection. They become good. They become nice. They don't become, oh, I'm frustrated. Let me figure out how to release it. I'm still good. You know, Mm -hmm. like, so unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, we lose it because of that. Mm. But I think what's beautiful about what you said is you see it in your children. A lot of people see it in, in, in their children. The key now is to elevate it to the next level. Can you see that everything around you is constantly supporting you? And that's the concept. Like COVID, for example, I thought was, again, the same way as we grow, a brutal, brutal reset. But it helped so many resets. It it took away all our crutches. Like, so if you you know, rebalance yourself through going to the gym, through seeing your friends, through socializing. Well, that was gone. Like everything that you did to rebalance yourself was gone so that you took a deep look in the mirror and were left with yourself. And this is where a lot of people fell apart. But the idea was for you to look at yourself and reset. And the people who were able to do that benefited tremendously. And so But it was the biggest reset. I think COVID in some way was the biggest help to the world in the most horrendous ways possible. And that's how I see the yin and yang. Can you see the horrors? And can you see the beauty? And when you see them both together, you enter the state of grace, of peace. It's peace. It's not good, not bad. It's both. And it's beautiful.
0: Mm. You know, uh, last couple of questions. You know, I, I think in the world today, a big struggle that a lot of people deal with is holding on to so many emotions, frustrations, annoyances. They see this thing on the media, and they're looking here, and they get annoyed, and they're just, you know, they're all just angsty and annoyed. And one of the the values of Taoism and something that you talk about often is letting go. Mm-hmm. Right? Is does that mean practically like letting go of frustrations, or is it more? Is there more to it than just that, that concept of just let go of things.
1: So it applies to every single thing, your mind, your body. So you can look at it well, how is your digestive system? how how are you going to the bathroom? like literally letting go? Letting go. You can look at it at the thought. Do you ruminate over situation? Is your mind like a tape recorder going back and forth mm-hmm. that you know you're not letting go at another level? Well, how long do you hold on to the emotions? Are you able to drop them? There's a beautiful story in Taoism about a master in all times walking along with his students, and they were not allowed to touch women, but there was a woman who wanted to cross the river. And so he took the woman on his shoulder, helped her cross the river, and dropped her. The student was upset and pissed because that's a groundbreaking rule. And so at some point, the master asked the student, what's up? And the student becomes, I cannot believe you did this. And the master said, I dropped her four hours ago, but you've been carrying her all day long. That's the concept. How much do you carry in your life? What do you carry? Are you able to let it go? And what's interfering with letting go? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, for us, for our patient, it's moral values, it's judgment. If you think life should be a certain way, or if you desire something, then you cannot let go because what's coming, you you perceive it as bad, you perceive it as an obstacle, and you cannot let it go. Um, so it's about evaluating, okay, this is how I'm looking at it. Could there be other angle? So flexibility is the way to let go. And so you can have that flexibility in your body, flexibility in your mind, flexibility in your life, in your philosophy, in your judgment. Flexibility Hmm. is the key to letting go.
0: Hmm. I love that. You know, you you really bring so much, you know, compassion um, to your, to the way you, you deal with mental health and, and the people you work with. And I'm sure as well in the practice that you've created becoming one of the top you know psychology clinics and, and psychologists in in the state um in new york city and in the state and, and so many other like one of the go-to people um how, how and you don't have to answer this but how, how do you stay balanced for yourself what are some things that you do for for you to stay kind of in that zone for your own and your own self and your own health
1: basically very very concretely you know for me i find my way which is, which is qigong yeah so qigong uh is something that then you know you have to be disciplined about so literally in my calendar you see my my psychologist. you know i train a lot of psychologists they see my calendar in the morning there's an hour of qigong and at the end of the day there's an hour of qigong and i built a practice all our team meeting we start with qigong because If you're unbalanced, you're gonna unbalance me. It's more work for me. So let's all start with doing it together. So everywhere that I can do it, I do it. And it it resets me. And when I do it in the morning, I do it in the evening. I flow the rest of the day, flow because there's tons of things that come at you. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, I'm a supervisor, I I do so much. There will be a lot of growth opportunity. And in that one hour. It's my time with me and in that time with me I'm moving I'm doing certain movements and I'm really going quiet as I do it. Qigong is something you really have to try to really understand because it's literally simple movement but at the end your mind comes down. Mm. So Everything cheds. So it's my letting go practice. And the more I do it, the more I see new things, I open new things, the more I always say there's no way I could live the life I live if it wasn't for Cheegok.
0: I love that. So last question I have for, um, you know, most people that I have on the show is um, people who bring so much knowledge and expertise to the field that I love so much. Um, what are some one to two or three things that you feel if no one listened to anything until this point, which I always say is weird if you're still listening and haven't listened till now, um yeah. but what would be three things that you hope someone would, could, could really hear you on these, on, on, on three points?
1: One, that you are so supported that the worst thing happening to you, the worst thoughts That you're having are meant to refine you. They're meant to build you for the future. So if you can look at adversity as an opportunity, as something that's trying to hone in something within you so that you're prepared for your next step, that would be the biggest, biggest takeaway that all your thoughts, all your desire, everything happening in your life has that ability. Can you hone in your skill to see it? If you have that desire and that intention, everything will change.
0: Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for for the the beauty that you add to the world and the and the compassion that you give so many, including myself. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for you. I I can't that you're in your zone of genius and your element and I love the way you ask questions and your depth and your mission it's I'm I'm so much enjoying this
0: Thanks thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the dude therapist it means a lot to me because without you the listeners this podcast can't happen so every listen every download every rate review. And share means so much to me. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Talking about wellness, mental health, and relationships is one of my passions. And that's what this podcast is all about. So thanks so much for tuning in. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts, collaborations, email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com. Always feel free to DM me on Instagram at thedudetherapist.com. Don't forget to be kind to yourself and to others. And as always, see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast.